This week's episode is brought to you by Dingaling, because we all know that Chuck Berry was talking about playing with his dick. Your discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? This is Brother D. And I'm Rooster L. Dudorino. And you're on the Bad Table Manners podcast. Anyway, I don't even know why I sound like that. That's why I need the coffee. I need coffee. I need to get the, the, the twang out of me. I need to get the twang out of my voice there. I need to drink this here old coffee that I made too daggone strong here in this John Deere, John Deere cup that I'm drinking out of. Yeah. Anyway, today uh, we're going to do it. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about the Stephen Avery case. Uh, everybody knows it from Making a Murderer on Netflix, the documentary, uh, some some would say the one-sided documentary, um, and we're going to get kind of into it a little bit. We're not going to really get into it, because if you want to get into that, we highly suggest that you go maybe watch the documentary. It's on Netflix um, or anywhere. It's called Making a Murderer. There's about, um, they go by episodes too. It's an hour an episode. There's 10 episodes in the documentary. So there's about 10 hours of content that you would have to sit and fucking binge watch. If me and Brother D can binge watch 10 hours worth of content in two days, then you can do it too. Yeah, at least it was like the second time. I mean, I've been in and out of it, but it's the second time I ever binge watch it like that. And um, trying to, I want to bring up some very substantial things that I've gone through even in the post-conviction papers that I actually have and um, some things that most people may have not known and uh, I'd like to discuss some of that I guess and now see okay so let's start off with this what is your stance innocent or guilty okay so like I said we were sitting there watching 10 hours worth of this content in the past two days Um, now here's where I stand and like Brother D had mentioned, you know, if you want to actually get into it, because he's the one who explained this whole thing to me, talking about Stephen Avery. I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. So he's like, all right, we got to watch this documentary. Here I'm thinking it's just like, you know, a little one-hour documentary, and he's explaining it to me, what happened to this guy. And it's like, oh, shit, it's fucking, they're broken down into episodes, hour-long episodes. So after watching all this, my stand on it is I feel that Stephen Avery is 100% innocent. Ooh. And it's hard for me. Like I always say, my heart says he's innocent, but my brain says, eh, you can't, you can't just, it's very hard to plant. But well, it's not hard to plant. I know everybody can hate me. Literally yesterday, he was guilty to me. Today, he's not. And as I come across some other things, to me, it wasn't beyond a reasonable doubt. That's why I still search for the reasonable doubt inside of me. So like, we gotta, you know, we gotta break it down in short for you guys, real quick, just so you know, because if, if you've never watched the documentary and you're listening to this podcast now, we'll uh, explain it a little bit. We're not gonna get fully into it, like a, uh, like we'd mentioned. Go watch the documentary if you're that curious as to like to know what we're talking about. But um, for the people that haven't seen it, so basically what it is is uh, there's this guy Stephen Avery. He's from Manitowoc County. In Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, back in 1985, he was wrongfully convicted for, was it rape or? It was just, yeah, it was a rape. rape sexual assault. Sexual assault. Um, he spent 18 years of his life in prison for this crime he did not commit. And then 
with all DNA and evidence that they brought to light further on down the road 18 years later, they found out that it wasn't him. Um, the fucking police and all these other guys had a hard-on for him. Yeah, they pretty much... They it pretty much I mean he and he he was trying to sue them for you know the he wanted to I guess he I don't know the original was thirty six million dollars that's a lot of money to sue the county for yeah or individuals specifically but um you know it it pretty the reason why it was going to be that much is they pretty much said no to any evidence because there was not one piece of evidence that linked him to being there not to mention he had like twelve alibis you know to, to begin with. During that case. So at that what I'm what I'm trying to say is at that time, they pretty much ignored any evidence of the actual crime and just pretty much pinned him to it or pinned it on him with no evidence whatsoever. Now, mind you, the guy that actually did it looked fairly similar to him. But um, this dude ended up actually like raping two or three more people. Yeah, like two or three more people while while uh Stephen Avery was sitting in prison for the crime for the crime I can't talk right for the crime this guy committed and also not to mention the fact that the Manitowoc County actually got a call I believe it was the sheriff Colburn got a call himself saying hey you have the wrong guy we have somebody here that is saying that they did a, an assault or a sexual assault in your county and that somebody was being like framed for it or somebody took the rap for it that was innocent to begin with and that big part there is uh the fact that hey that like isn't very common there in that county to begin with like it's not you know it ain't new york it's you know it there may be one every couple of years if that it's just some tiny little hick-ass town out in wisconsin and that was eight years that happened <clears throat> they got that call and i believe 95 and he got released in 03 or something like that. Yeah. And it would have saved him eight years of his sentence if they would have went looked Absolutely. into it. He says he just transferred. Either way, he got fucked. He spent 18 years behind bars for a rape he did not even do. And that led you into him suing them. <clears throat> and when I'd say maybe just a week or days, if I'm correct, uh, where he was going to, I think he was going to testify in that. And then it would have pretty much been over and he would have he was going to win uh he gets charged with a murder that happens uh, supposedly on his property pretty shady some shady shit definitely watch the show um i guess it's a show documentary i don't know you'd show want to call documentary it. well it's a show documenting Stephen avery the guy who was wrongfully convicted for 18 years for a crime he did not commit and now and it came to light. He was already out of prison for about two years. Uh, November of 2005, because um, they own uh, an auto salvage yard. For those of you who don't know what an auto salvage yard is, it is a fucking junkyard with cars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Avery's sister was selling a van. Um, this girl by the name of Teresa Hallbach came by was taking pictures of this van to put into the Auto Trader magazine to sell. And then she ended up going missing. The Avery's was supposedly the last place she had been, which was the actual, he, the last person to have seen her was Stephen Avery, the guy who, you know, they're pretty much trying to get caught up in some shit so he don't sue him for $36 million. The county and personally, by the way. If I'm correct, I could be wrong about that. It could have just been a personal suit, you know? 
but I forget it. Well, anyways, so what had happened is she turns up missing. Her family reports her missing. Um, you know, townspeople and the family start a, you know, a little group to go out and search for her. Um, Hallbach's cousin ended up searching the, the Avery Auto Salvage Yard and came across... I believe it was her brother. Her brother and her ex-boyfriend, who's a big suspect, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Because I got, I got some other things in another episode. I want to talk about him. So she was driving a, what is it, a RAV4? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like, you know, like, almost like a Jeep tracker type deal, you know what I mean? Real shitty car. <laughs> um, they end up coming across this. It was all covered up with, like, branches and fucking, like, car hoods, like, propped up onto this thing. And it was hidden in the back of the property line and they reported it and Avery was taken into custody and then they did further investigations which we'll get into that as well and they searched they searched his house what three four five times seven times seven times and they didn't they found the key to her car on the seventh time on the last on the seventh search by the same guy who he was suing by the same all the evidence the main the most important thing is that all the evidence that was found Colburn's his name right well, yeah, there was Colburn, but there was also uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Link. Link. Yes. yes. Every single piece of evidence was found by Lieutenant Link, the one he was actually personally suing um, himself from the previous thing. Like, they searched his house six times before. They found it on the seventh time, a key to the vehicle, which had been scrubbed clean, but had Stevens' DNA on it, which you could rub on anything and put it on there. At Little that traces point. of his blood. Now, here's what's crazy about that is... Somebody had actually went into evidence because he had a sample of blood and a vial collected from when he was in prison, I believe. Is there, he originally had a purple top vial of blood from his first case still in evidence that got him released from the first time. That was actually cut, broken open, and looks like blood was extracted. Now, you can get into the whole EDTA or something, whatever EDTA that is. EDTA is EDTA the that they used to keep it in there that wasn't found with the blood, the blood DNA. Preserved. Yeah, the only blood evidence that they found was Stevens by the uh, by the ignition switch. There was a little piece of blood there, and it did not contain the EDTA, which can be found to not be in a sample later. Or it depends on how much they're looking for that to begin with. You know, that's the big thing. Um, but there are many cases where, you know, you could not find EDTA in blood with EDTA in it. EDTA is the chemical that they use to mix with the blood to make sure it is preserved and lasts longer. So moving forward into that, now they bring in Avery's nephew, who was evidently involved in, in this crime that was committed, the murder of Teresa Hallbach. Um, what was it? Brendan Dassey's in there? Yes. Um, well, I'll let you get into that a little bit. So. Brendan... Was a very shy, very quiet kid. Low IQ, like a, very, like fifty. Legally, he was he literally incapacitated. He literally had a fourth grade uh, reading comprehension. So that that'll ju- we'll just say that. And he was sixteen, and he had a fourth grade reading comprehension. So yeah, pretty much he was coerced into saying things that you know. Pretty much what they did was make a story, make him say that the story happened to their liking. And used it against him, and now he's in prison. Even though he was recently exonerated uh, or overturned, the Supreme Court said, "Ah, ah Jack." They they knew what they were doing. They knew he's never going to get out. And uh, even though it was overturned, it uh, he's still sitting behind bars. Like I don't want to get into too much of that. Like now, mind you, though, um, when they pull Brendan, 
they pulled him out of school for when they interrogated him. They pulled him out of school without his mother knowing, unwillingly pulled him out of school without his mother knowing. No one had any recollection of what was going on. Nobody, nobody knew, no lawyer, no nothing. nothing. And they interrogate him, though, you, in the documentary or the show, whatever, you can actually, it shows the video from where he was being interrogated, and they're, they're basically making him say all this shit. Um, what they were saying is, is basically what had happened is, um, he had went to get the mail for Stephen Avery, which is his uncle. The one who got charged with the murder. He comes out of his trailer all sweaty, um, in his underwear, and then he invites him into the house, and then he goes back into the bedroom, and evidently, Teresa Hallbach was tied to Avery's bed, butt naked, raped, and begging for her life, and pleading to Dassey that, oh, you can end this, you can end this, you know what I mean, and, uh, evidently, Avery goes up, cuts her throat, and then they, uh, like, shoot her several times, and basically how they had found her was they the, the body got burned and they found little pieces of bone fragments that linked back to her. It had her DNA on it and everything like that. And, uh, well, whenever they had searched the house, though, there was no traces of um, orgasmic secretions or anything like that. There was not no one trace blood. of DNA, not one trace of blood. And, you know, and his statement was that he slit her throat. Um, then he, then they took her to the garage and shot her 11 times, if I'm correct, because that's what their shell casings were that they didn't find until three months later when Lieutenant Link happened to be there. Yep. I mean, okay. So our, our, our case right now is it, uh, way we're saying it, he's, uh, he's guilty, but you, that's why you have to watch the show and how every piece of DNA was just fucked. See, we're just giving a brief detail of what is going on, just kind of like a little rundown, give you the scoop. You got to go watch it. We're the you same have even to watch it. It's on Netflix. I mean, if you have Netflix. No justice from us. You can check it out. If uh, if you don't have Netflix, you can fucking pirate it. You know what I mean? Um, It's not that hard. You know, uh, the internet is a very, very powerful tool. But I just, I personally think it's fucked up. Right now, as it stands, what this dude is going through, because it already happened to him once, and just the fact that he was getting ready to sue them for 32, uh, I think it was 32 million. It was 32 million dollars. It could have been. Either way, it I don't, I mean, he wasn't going to get that then much. Then a couple but... days later, dude, he gets fucking, he, he gets convicted, well not convicted, but uh, he gets uh, arrested for a murder, you know what I mean? But I'm going to skip, we're going to skip right into some of the evidence. Number one, I'm an IT guy. There's something that I was really listening to when I was re-watching it. That made it, that really jumped out at me that I think that they need to dive into 100%. And why they didn't, I have no fucking clue. So, Teresa had a cell phone. So, let's think about this. Teresa had a cell phone. That cell phone, um, and the whole messages thing. So, if you don't know, as more people are diving into this case more than anything, um, the only way... There there were times on, so it was on Halloween. It was on October 31st, 2005. Five, okay, I don't know why my brain's skipping. <laughs> um, is the day that she was supposedly murdered. Um, the most important thing also is that, because I'm going to play a clip here. 
is the fact that on the second, her messages had been deleted from her cell phone. Now we're talking 2005 cell phones. Back so, when Singular was still a thing before AT&T went and bought them out. Yes. Now the thing about Singular, from somebody who had it, um, is the actual like crats in them, they were trying to go in there and completely like ignore the fact that her cell phone was off when she was murdered. Like, oh, apparently he did all this that night and that he everything got burned with her, her cell phone and everything. But there are documents that now say, and that did say back then during the trial, that they never even investigated, that say that her messages were deleted on the 2nd of November. Now, that's not saying that she was alive, but that is saying either one of three different things. Mika being an IT guy. Number one, why can't they ping trace that and see where that's coming from, or at least the closest point pinpoint uh, of the tower itself? Number two, why... Okay, for messages are being deleted. The only way you could do that in 2005 was directly from the phone itself. You couldn't go on the website and delete phone messages. Right. So. Not back then. No. So that means, and then also people were trying to call that morning as well. And our inbox was full for voicemail. Yes. But then it wasn't. So let's talk about this. What? Yes. No shit. I'm going to, yeah, see if a lot of people miss this. But then it wasn't. With Singular, after your cell phone is off for about, I'd say, maybe five hours, that signal, no, when you when you go to call, it doesn't ring, does nothing. Back in 2005, Singular, if your phone was off a good five, six hours or something like that, it cut it off and it, it went straight to a digital voicemail. Yeah. You know? I remember that. It did, not, it did not ring. It went straight to voicemail. But when people were trying to call around 8 a.m., or that time, or in between the first, the second, or the third, that phone was still ringing. So it had been turned off, if I'm correct, and then turned back on. And but, Avery was picked up on the 3rd of November, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. So, But they complete, They went and let them put this out. I'll play the clip. So that means two things. Either somebody had that cell phone, or somebody that knew her had that cell phone, because messages were deleted, at, if I'm correct, at 8 a.m. We'll listen to it, and then we'll talk about that. At 8 a.m. on uh, November 2nd, which is two days, two almost, I'd say a day and a half after she she wasn't reported missing until the 3rd. And then the car was found on the 5th or the 7th. Could have been the 5th. Uh, the 5th, yeah. Uh, my brains. Because it was found. So many days. numbers. Yeah, Avery got taken into custody on the 3rd. They found the car two days later. All right. So think about what I'm saying, and then let's listen to this clip. So if your records show that on a certain date, messages were opened all the way up to that date on Teresa Halbach's phone, that would mean that somebody had listened to those voice messages. I'd like to be heard outside the presence of the jury. Mr. Kratz? He's about to show her some retrieved voicemails on the second. If Mr. Buting's position, if his theory of defense is that Teresa Halbach is alive on the 2nd of November, we're entitled to know that. We're entitled to notice of that. That's my objection, is that it's irrelevant. Mr. Kratz may draw the conclusion that because messages are opened as of November 2nd, that means that Teresa Halbach was alive on that date. I don't. And I don't think the jury needs to either. But I do intend to introduce records that show that 
her voicemail was picked up at 8 a.m. on November 2nd. Something was going on with this phone in a very, very critical period of time for this trial, which is between October 31st and November 5th when her car was found, or November 3rd when she's reported missing. How does that help this jury decide who killed her? That's what the jury's here to do, Judge. Because unless the state's prepared to establish that Mr. Avery had her password, then he's not the one who's listening to her messages on Wednesday, November 2nd at 8 a.m. So the, and, and their theory is that he's already destroyed the phone. Never said he somebody was. who knew her, somebody who may have had a motive that he doesn't have, and somebody who may have had opportunity was doing that. Sounds like I'm third, not suggesting that she was still alive. Judge. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. I don't... Um... Now, I'm not going to argue that part to the jury because that's what the court says we're not going to do. But as far as what's relevant is the police have had this report and the police have not followed up to find out what's up here. Does the state know who accessed the voicemail? I, I suppose we... If there was an inkling that Mr. Uh, Buting was going to suggest that Ms. Halbach was alive at that time, uh, this is something that could have been looked into investigatively. It's another thing that we could do, Judge, if the defense is changing its theory. This is not changing the theory at all. This fits perfectly to show that they have not followed up this investigative lead because this investigative lead points elsewhere than Mr. Avery. And here we are in the middle of the trial and it hasn't been investigated. The jury has a right to know that. All right. I'm, I guess, having trouble seeing the apparent relevance of it at this stage of the trial. Let's uh, bring the jurors back in. So what you just heard was the fact that these messages were opened and actually known later to be deleted, if I'm correct, but they were opened by the phone itself two days after she was apparently murdered and burned up in the fire. So I think that's pretty fucking important. And so, you, so you had to have had a password to get into her phone, correct? You would have had to have had the phone in your hand, turned on, called it, called the voicemail, and put in the password. And still, to this day, because, you know, Singular bought out AT&T. I have AT&T. That is my cell phone provider. Um, shout out AT&T. You know, I've been a fucking lifelong fucking customer. But anyways, you still have to put a password in. You know what I mean? Yep. Even on my own phone. Even Verizon. So that is a very, very crucial uh, thing to me as well. Um, and something to think about that most people may have not really thought about or brushed it off or forgot about. The fact that back then you had to have the phone on. And also the fact that when people were calling it, that the the line was ringing, which means that that phone was still turned on um, at, at some point. So somebody had to have had it. Somebody had to have gotten into it. And it's a mind fuck even more. So here's my theory based upon that whole entire thing. Just that little piece of right, that, that section right there. So what I think is, you know, everybody has that, that theory that it was her ex-boyfriend. So hear me out. When they were actually, uh, when they were interviewing that guy or whatever, when he was giving his testimony on the stand, uh, he, he seemed like a rather smart guy. You know, I mean, he didn't seem like he was dumb. So what, <sighs> it's really weird, man. So like, okay, so Avery gets out. He's tracing this girl's every fucking move. That is true. 
What if he like knew that? Okay, he's going to Stephen Avery's house. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. This guy's fucking been convicted for eighteen years of his life. You know, wrongfully. Uh, this guy's kind of fucking ditzy. He's not that bright. Ba da da da. And then he just fucking plots the whole entire murder, and then fucking like just frames. Frames Avery. You know he would have I mean? had. Or what if he was in bed with the fucking police and was like, okay, like. So you know that the so burn weird. pit. You know that the burn pit was off of the salvage yard, way away, and then it was moved. The first burn pile. There were, was three of them, right? Uh, uh, two. Two that I know of. Um, the one was like off the off the property, way back by the Rav Four or so. I forget. Um. Either way, and then it was moved to the burn pile right behind his house or next door. Like they did a shitty right job making it look like it was one burn pile. That's <laughs> right. And um, which I think some people may have found stuff, and you know, I I think it was a collective effort to push it on him to begin with. But and then again, I, you know, I don't know what to say because I'm super indecisive. But um, why I need to find. Or get documents, all the cell phone records. Like I need to go through that since I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I should do that and get because I need to know where that was pinged glass. Because in order for that to be listened to, that cell phone had to be pinged to retrieve that from a database. Yep. Which means that that cell phone was pinged at a time when that phone was turned on at 8 a.m. and those messages were read through at 8 a.m. on the second. Yeah, they could trace it to where that was. Now, right? it, granted, it might be near the Averys, but so. What I want to do is talk about, um, uh, what is it? It's not Tadich, it's Taddy or something like that. Um, so let's get into that because I have the post uh, conviction papers here and I'm going to read some of this stuff about Stephen's uncle. Um, some shit that people, the, the reason, like the same thing with the cell phone. They're now just they're now just finding out that this cell phone was turned on and listened to for a woman that was supposedly the cell phone was burned two days ago and listened to in somebody's hand. Like why why was that never even investigated to begin with? That's the whole point. But there and then there are people in the Avery family that you need to point the finger at too that um, have been convicted of uh, assaults and sexual assaults and things like that. So you said uncle wasn't it his brothers? Well, no, the, we're gonna we're, we'll go through we'll go through um, her ex one day, and maybe Bobby and uh, and them. But I want to bring this up because I have the post conviction and dude, there's pages about sexual assaults on him. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's bring it up a little bit here. Okay. So <clears throat> I keep saying, so I keep saying his uncle, and what I really mean is his sister's, um. Now husband, but it would be his like half uncle. Was that what that would be? That would be his uncle. That wouldn't make sense. Say anyway, that, say that again. So we're gonna listen to a phone call first too, before we get into the Scott bullshit. Number one, um, there's a two-hour window that Scott is not accounted for. The only because they had a mutual alibi. Bobby Dassey, which would be his stepson now, which is his Stevens sister's husband. That'll who's, be Stephen's brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Fuck off. And uh, um, we're going to listen to a call where um, Jonda and, uh, what is it? Um, where she says that 
He was, you know, he was with his mother. He came back and then he was going to go hunting with a 22, by the way, that he ends up trying to sell. Didn't later. they find bone fragments in the John the Burn pit, though? Yes, that was where it was moved to. Okay. Um, that's what it's called, the John the Burn pit. But, um, so this doesn't clear him out. And this is why I want to focus on this. This is the phone call that I wanted to talk about with Stephen and his sister. Um, we're all going to listen to it. And then, and then I'm going to lay down some ideas and listen to the post-conviction papers. I'm going to read them here myself about why he could be a very easily be a suspect. The only, the only alibi he had was that he passed Brendan or um, Bobby Dassey on the way home from the hospital of seeing his mother. And then she was with um, Scott, her soon to be husband. Um, But yeah, let's just listen to this. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from uh, an inmate at Wapun Correctional Institution. All calls, other than properly placed attorney calls, may be monitored and recorded to accept charges. Press 1 to refuse charges. Thank you for using CenturyLink. You may start the conversation now. Yeah? Yeah, what are you doing? What the fuck is going on? What's going on? Yeah. Where? What do you mean, where? Oh, that, that, why, is she, why is she starting up with Scott and Bobby again? Well, it's going wherever the, the evidence is going. Yeah, so she's going to take down my fucking family again? If that's where the lead is going to go, I don't know. And fucking better not, because you'll have a dead sister. Well... Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't think it was. It's kind of him. It's the other one. Who's the other one? Your husband. He didn't do it either, Christ, Stephen. I was fucking with him. Well, you weren't. Yeah. You weren't with him all day. I was with him from five o'clock on. Yeah. And yeah. Plus, he was in the hospital with his mother for most of the day. So you tell me. Well. Well, nothing. I don't know about that either. Because they yes, were, he was. They had, well, they had the, they got the records of the hospital and everything. What's that going to do? He was up there seeing his mom. It's, everything is recorded there anyway. No, it's not. What do you mean? There ain't, there ain't no cameras out there? The hospital? Yeah. In the in the room? No, not in the room. In the parking lot or around there. So you're actually thinking Scott did this? Well, don't ask me. I don't know who did it. I know I didn't. Well, neither did he. Well. And neither did Bobby. So she better get it right out of her fucking mind because I called that bitch today. Well, she wasn't in. I know she wasn't in. Well. I know, but I still called her and left her a message. Well. Yeah, I did. Well. Yeah. Well, I don't know where that we get, we get We give her fucking information and this is what she turns around and does? Oh, she's been doing this for quite a while already. Yeah, so she's going to try to ruin a happy family 
He's got two kids that he's got to worry about now. Mel? Yeah. Why is all that shit on the computer? There was nothing on my fucking computer. All day, I didn't even have fucking internet back then. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. What do you mean you did? No, I didn't have internet. You did? No, I didn't. At that time, you did. Before that, you did. No, I didn't. You didn't? Well, it's on the computer. I did not have internet. Well. Well, nothing. I didn't. You got the paperwork? How did you fucking paperwork? All I had was uh, direct dish. That's all I had. That's all I could afford. Well, no, you had the internet. No, I didn't. Yeah, because we were on it. Who was on it? Uh, you, that woman, and I was there too. What woman? Uh, the woman that you had, I don't know, you couldn't get something on it or something. Huh? What the fuck are you talking about? I never had internet. You can ask any one of my boys. I didn't have internet back then. Well, we gonna... I didn't have in I didn't have internet until this place here. Um, well, I don't know. I know. I don't know. All I know is it's on a computer. That's all I well, know. And the only time then, it was on is when Bobby was there alone. Really? Yeah. Well, there's times and everything. Huh? There's times and everything. Bobby said he was sleeping. And he wasn't sleeping. He was on the internet. He was on the computer. He worked through his shift, bro, er, Stephen. <laughs> you got that right. This was during the day, after you got home from work. Bullshit. Yeah, the time is there. Bullshit. Then somebody else was in my fucking house and was on it. Bobby's How about that one? Huh? Bobby's home. He wasn't always home. Well, you, well, most of the time he was home. No. And he said, and he, and he said he left. She left. Yeah, she left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't testify for that. No. I'm just going where evidence goes. I told her, I said, go where evidence goes. I don't care where it goes. Who it leads to, I don't care. Well, like I said, you'll have a dead sister. Well, that's why I told you. Always to do something. Nobody wanted to do nothing. Do what? What, what can we do? Well, well, let's put it this way. Why is uh, uh, why were you over by the yard all the time and, and chasing them off? The property. I wasn't. What do you mean? I wasn't. You went over there when she was over there. I want to talk to him. What do you mean? I never even seen her. I know, she the only time I seen her was once. 
me off. Yeah. Uh, you came over there when she she was over there because you had the red truck. You had his truck. We were coming over there to talk to her to give her some evidence. Well, you were kind of of a, a hurry. Yeah, before she left. Well, I don't know. But it ain't only me. It's your kids, too. Your kids what do you are, mean? Your kids are saying something. About what? Um, I ain't going to get into that. Yeah, this ain't only me. My kids aren't saying shit. Just, just like uh, I was supposed to call Auto Trader? Well, that's another thing. That's on the computer. Bullshit. I want to talk to him. Yeah. Bullshit. Then somebody else was on my fucking computer after they took it. Well. Yeah. No, nobody. Because you got the computer back. This was a hard drive. That was the fucking hard drive they took. Well. Yeah. I just want to get down to the truth and see who did it. Well, so do I. Well, but you should know fuck. You should know fucking better that it wouldn't be my fucking kids or Scott. Well, how do I know that? I don't know him, and I don't know nobody. I know they got a temper. That's all I know. Who does? Well, you don't want me to put it over the phone, do you? Oh, I got a temper right now. Let me talk to him. Mel? Let me talk to him. That ain't my problem. I him. asked you the guys to do oh, everything yeah. for me. And you got huh? I said, I asked you to do something. You never did it. What was I supposed to do? Well, you could have brought this. When they threatened you and everything else, you could have brought all that shit out. But you didn't want to. It took I didn't. I did. I did. I did do bring it out. It took this documentary to bring this shit out where you guys realized. Otherwise, right at the first start, you're blaming me. And you should have knew better than the first time when they happened to me. But no. You just don't get it, do you? Oh, you guys! Don't you don't know. You don't know. You know, you don't know how badly we were pressured. Huh. You got him out, don't you? I want to talk to him. Huh? You got him out. You got to put it out there. You got the internet. You got everything. Oh no! Oh, go ahead. Search the house. We'll go to Michigan. You know whatever Who they said. Whatever, whatever they said, you did when you went to Fox. No, I. No, I didn't. Why wouldn't you stay in the house then? Huh? Why wouldn't you stay in the house then? Why would you go to Fox Lake? I mean, Fox Hills. I had no choice. You had no choice? You always they had would, choice. If I would have left, if I would have left Fox Hills, they would have arrested me. For what? That's what they told me. Well, I don't care what they say. They can't threaten you and get away with it. That's all out there already. Well, I don't see none of that. That's been 
That's been out there. Well, I don't see it. I don't see it on the documentary. You didn't even watch the documentary. Wasn't a fucking clue. I got a, uh, I got a out on the documentary. That's how fucking intelligent he is. Yeah, I got a, a copy of it on paper that a woman from the UK sent me. Yeah. So I know what's on there. That ain't that shit ain't on there. Yeah, nobody looked out for me at these uh, uh, twelve years. Nobody looked out for me either, but we all had to go through. Yeah, well, but you yeah. have the power to put it on. I had, I had a family over there ignoring me for fucking four years. Well, you shouldn't have moved out of that house. You should have stayed there. It didn't have nothing to do with that. And that was fucking Mark Wiegert's doings. Well, no, that was your guy. Yes. All calls, other than properly placed attorney calls, may be monitored and recorded. Because you could have told him to get off the property. I want to talk to that fucking little bastard. I want that motherfucker to answer some fucking questions. Fuck Stephen Avery. He is a piece of shit. He's been all his fucking life. Shut Let up. him talk to the cocksucking loser. Fuck wow. him. All he's doing, the only evidence they got is against him, and he's trying to gas for air to play on somebody else. He's a fucking loser. I wasn't even on that fucking property that day, you goddamn idiot. That's how fucking intelligent you are. You wanted yourself to so you get up and do something stupid again, you dumb fuck. I can't wait to get up kick your fucking ass. Fucking motherfucker. I ain't scared huh? of him. I ain't scared of him. Wow. You ruined my fucking life. You ruined my fucking name, you dumb cocksucker. You fucking jailbird motherfucker. Yeah. Hey, you cocksucker. You ruined my fucking life. Yeah. Because he's trying to get out of fucking prison. And you ruined mine. You ruined mine. Look what you said. Yeah, you little fucker. Look what you did. What you said. Fuckers all for him and nobody else. Oh, I hate that cocksucker. I hate you too. Everybody hates you. It's all because of this shit. Well, well, yeah, he could have been talking. He killed me from uh, 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 with uh, with the boys that was touching him. It came from him. So he wanted the cops to put to put the blame on me, all. So who would say something like that? I did something to the boys. I don't know. I didn't read none of the shit. Okay. Yeah. That's why nobody wanted to read nothing and see about nothing. Any any guilty person uh, would face and trying to blame it on to somebody else. Oh, I was fucking with the boy. Okay. Oh, how about you? You uh, he said you and Brendan were having sex or something. Shut up. Or Brian? Yeah. That's 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 just like uh. Mark Weger and, and Wendy Baldwin trying to get me to say that uh, you molested me. How about that one? Yeah. yeah. He tried to get me to say the same thing with Brendan for him. And I fucking defended this stupid cocksucker. But no, that's he not, that's not what the paper say. That is, no. He just said that ain't what the paper said. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, but that's not the paperwork. He is. Well, they can switch all that. He's a stupid fuck. You know? 
Yeah. Look how bad he fucked your family when he got out of prison the first time. Yeah, see? That fucker needs to be locked up. How about, how about his mother? What about his mother? Yeah. What about his mother? Yeah, talk about my mother, you kind of sucker. I'll yeah. put you in the fucking ground. Yeah. Fucking bastard. Yeah. I don't think a fuck. The car yeah. truck is a loser. He's grounded yeah. for air. Yeah, you pull the phone out and they take out. Huh? Uh, his mother had to call the cops on him. He never touched his mother. Hey, you stupid fucker! I already asked her all of that. Smart man you are. He wants to cause double all kinds of trouble. Yeah. Just needs to stop. Well, that's going to stop when it's over. It needs to stop now. We well, can't. Yeah, that's why. Well, they, like, that's why like I they, said, like I said, you will end up with a dead sister because I can't take this shit no more. Well, then shut the computer off, then. The computer ain't on. Well, shut everything off. You don't need a phone. It's going to work. Yeah. Okay, whatever. And and uh, and I'll bet you... I got to I gotta go. Brendan's calling me. Hey, I'll bet you... Uh... I got to go. Brendan's calling me. Yeah, okay. Bye. Wow. <laughs> he sounds... Uh, that Scott's his name? Scott... He sound a little, a little fucking defensive there. You know, Stephen the whole time is keeping the Tadic. Tadic, that's how you say Tadic. Scott Tadic. Stephen was keeping his fucking composure very well in that whole phone call. And where the Scott guys blowing the fuck up? I'll put you in the fucking ground. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna yeah. play it. You guys can go listen to that. Um, maybe I'll if you're listening on YouTube, I'll post the whole phone call down below. But to get into what I really wanted to get into, I just never heard that actually myself. But we listened to the entire phone call here. And uh, also, um, I wanted to bring up the fact that the Dassey's computer, which did have internet, um, because it was through searches, um, when their computer was recovered, uh, that the Dassey hard drive, which referenced more than 1,600 photos, um, as what's straight pornography, um, and all, and had over 2,600, 2,600 plus search results for the terms blood, body, bondage, bullet, cement, uh, DNA, fire, gas, gun, handcuff, um, journal, MySpace, news, RAV. Stab throat and tires. That was on the Dassey's computer. Now, um, the thing about Scott is he has a history of pretty much assault and sexual assault uh, to women, and that's what I want to bring up in the post-conviction papers. Now, I'm not saying he did it. I'm just saying that this is stuff that was not even looked into in the investigation um, or investigated. Period. Um, on that so um because the only blood that was found there was no dna or blood found of Teresa in steven's trailer but there was blood of steven's in there um which could have been taken and planted maybe by scott you never know i was throwing that out there i was thinking about that too 
But how would he have had access, though, to the blood vial? Like that's it, it, That blood vial could be something different, too. And evidence. Just saying. Um, but the... You know, the record so, shows though that it came back that it was Stephen's blood. In fact, though. yeah, he Scott only lives two miles or less than two miles from the house, See, so he could have passed Teresa because I'm pretty sure he knew that she wasn't going to make it home. She was at work or she got home. Brandon was already home. He left the hospital around like three or three thirty or something like that, and um, so he could have passed her. You never know or what went down. Um, but let's look at some of these reports because we'll, we'll dive into um, Brennan's case and all other types of things, too, in the future. That's the only thing I, you know, I'm trying to, like, wrap my brain around is how that dude have access to his blood sample unless he, in fact, was working with the cops that fucking did a number on him in the first place. Well, it doesn't mean that they, oh, it still came from the blood vial, though. Um... But on these Dropbox papers I have, which is called like the Denny, where it's the state versus um, Stephen Avery, the post-conviction. Um, I think this was done by Zellner and them, but uh, Scott Taddock uh, had su a sufficient motive, opportunity, and a direct connection to the crime. If you want to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash badtablemanners, I'm going to post part one and part two of the actual post-conviction papers that you can go read yourself if you want. That references, um, I think it's Charles and Scott, but I want to focus on some of Scott's things. Um, and uh, that Scott had a sufficient, sufficient motive, opportunity, and a direct connection to the crime such that Mr. Avery should have been allowed to introduce third-party responsibility evidence relating to him uh Taddock's motive to kill miss hallbuck in his is his violent and volatile personality according to Taddock's co-workers Taddock is a short-tempered and angry person capable of murder um and that was on 33006 just saying that's what 6 months after that happened um almost exactly 5 months uh which is silly, uh, Taddeck was described as a chronic liar who blows up at people. He screams a lot and is a psycho. And another co-worker described Taddeck as not being hooked up right <laughs> and someone who would fly off the handle at everyone at work. Hence the, the phone call, if you if you were paying attention to the phone call, he fucking blew up on Steven. Um, Taddeck's uh, previous experiences with the court system show him to be a violent and impulsive person. So this is um, Brendan's stepdad now, technically. This was Barb's uh, soon-to-be husband. He was dating. Nobody fucking likes Scott, period. Um, in 1994, he was charged in Manitowoc County with criminal trespass and battery. The criminal complaint alleged that Taddock went to the home of Constance Wellnitz about 3.30 in the morning, a.m. at night, and knocked on her bedroom window. Wellnitz was asleep with... Uh, a gentleman named as Mr. LeClaire. Wellnitz then heard a loud knock on the back door and she was calling the police. Taddock walked um, into her home and stated to her, you will die for this bitch. In the meantime, LeClaire had gone outside to confront Taddock and Taddock had hit him, knocking him briefly unconscious. So he showed up. So in his past, he's showed up at somebody's house at three in the morning said, you will die for this bitch, and pretty much just assaulted some guy. Very like, violent and impulsive person, particularly towards women. Also, in 1997, 
Uh, the state charged Tadic with recklessly, recklessly causing bodily harm to on its son, Ryan, as well as dis I was wondering if that, I think that's an X or I forget how that goes. Um, I didn't, I forget. There's so many stories here. Um, but true stories. Um, as well as disorderly conduct and damage to property. The complaint alleged that Tadic had accused Wellnitz of seeing another man. So that's what it is. I thought I was right. Um, when she told Tadic to leave, he swung at her and missed. Then went out of control. Um, he pushed and punched Wellnitz uh, repeatedly. Tried to push her down the basement stairs. He pulled her hair and punched uh, the 11 -year her 11-year-old son, Ryan Wellnitz. Tadic went outside and ripped the CB out of Wellnitz's truck. So he went outside, ripped the CB radio out. That's the um, uh, damage to property there. Um, he damaged other property as well. That's just two cases right there with just one girl. The following year, the state charged him, Scott Tadic, with trespass and disorderly conduct for entering the home of Patricia Tadic, his mother, without permission. When Tadic found out his mother had moved some of his fishing equipment and that some equipment went missing, he began to yell at her, calling her a fucker, a bitch, and a cunt. Tadic shoved her and nearly, uh, and nearly causing his own mother to fall. Fucking class A piece of shit, man. Dude, yeah, so not too. Like, his oh own mother over fishing equipment. He That's went in and fucked up, dude. Fucking shoved her and shit. That's his own mother. Um, and this is all. Uh, this is all before Teresa Halbach was murdered. This is why he was sitting in, you know, in jail. All that shit was going down. But hey, let's not, you know, um, let's not go into any detail or any investigation into Scott Tadic, uh, for no reason at all. Just saying. <laughs> uh, in 2001, uh, Wellnitz filed a petition for a temporary restraining order. In her petition, she stated that Tadic had called her repeatedly at work within short periods of time, threatened to kick her ass and to turn her over to social services and to make her life miserable. He called her a fucking cunt bitch. He went to her home and pushed his way into her home. He left the home on one occasion only after she picked up the phone to call the police. But then he spit on her car and tried to uh, and tried all the doors to like get inside the car. When Wellnitz left her in her car, Tadic followed her. At one point, Tadic phoned Wellnitz and told her that if she would not talk to him and give him another chance, he would ruin her life and hurt her because she was a worthless piece of shit. Jeez, that's that's not a way to get a woman's love, man. <laughs> So oh, yeah, this I, record... I, I was unaware of this guy, you know what I mean? This is, oh, yeah. this is new evidence to me, and it's like starting to piece together in my mind more and more to the fact that, you know, obviously from the get-go, I know Steven's innocent, man. It's just like, he's a very genuine guy, you know what I mean? And this guy is very fucking violent, so let's read into more to this. Yeah, so that's three cases within like four years. Uh, in 2002, Scott Taddock. Uh, again, assaulted Wellnitz after Wellnitz had tried to kick Tadic out of her residence for yelling at her son. Tadic shoved Wellnitz against the wall, took her phone, and threw it on the floor so she could not call the police. Tadic also twice punched Wellnitz in the shoulder um, with a closed fist. Tadic would also have had a motive to frame, frame Stephen Avery himself. Uh, at the time of Mrs. Hallbach's, uh, Miss Hallbach's murder, Tadic was dating Barb Jonda, who lived next door to Stephen Avery, um, who is the mother of Bobby Blaine and Brendan and Brian Dassey. So, all Which is Stephen's sister, right? 
Correct. Is she the one who had the van that was for sale that Correct. Paul Block came to fucking this see is, in the beginning? This was her boyfriend. Okay. All right. So that's who we're talking about. We're talking about now who is Brendan's stepfather. Um. <coughs> blah, 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 blah. Lost my spout. If at, yeah, okay. Mrs. So Hallbach. yeah, at the time, Mrs. Hallbach's murder, Taddock was dating Barb, who lived next door to them and is the mother of uh, Brendan and Blaine and Brian and all them. Um. And Bobby, of course. Uh, if Taddock had killed Miss Halbach, or if one of the Dassey boys had killed her, Taddock would have had a motive to frame someone else for the crime, and Stephen Avery would have been a convenient choice for a frame-up figure in that... If you listen to the phone call, he doesn't like him one fucking bit, and pretty much nobody likes Scott. But Scott ain't gonna... He's already a fucking psycho. Also, Taddock had opportunity to kill Miss Halbach. Jonda and Taddock are now married... As her then-boyfriend, Taddock would have been on the property numerous times, because now Barb lives with him, if I'm correct. Um, but here's the thing. Remember? Okay, so that phone call. Maybe I will play. Okay, I'll be playing the whole call. That's where they're all fucking wrong. You ready for this? This is why I care about this. Okay. Because I remember his statement was he didn't go to the house. He went from the hospital to his house, which is not the not where next door to Steve and then he was on his way to go hunting um and whatnot. See that okay. was Bobby But you ready for this? Bobby was going hunting Taddock testified that he was he testified, but this was not even said or in the I don't think in the documentary, that he was at that house twice on October thirty first. Two thousand and five. Yep, the that day was- of her supposed murder. Twice. Yet even wow. in that phone call there too, he also says, I was never fucking on the property, blah 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 blah. So he's fucking okay. okay. Remember, the only the only uh um alibis that him and Bobby had were that they saw each other as they passed each other. Yep. But he he said several times he was never there, but then he also testified that he was there twice on October thirty first. So he's basically lying his fucking ass off now trying to get himself out of trouble. I think it was this guy. Right? Dude, it's fucked. He could have got the blood from his own trailer, his own DNA. He could have been in and out, I believe, maybe possibly of Steven's trailer. But how does that explain the vial being tampered with? The vial could have just been fucked with, the. the, I mean, to begin with. So that could have just been a fucked up fuck up, you know. But it was, uh, you know, Barb's van that Teresa had come to photograph. And so Barb, likely likely, uh, Taddock, knew Miss Halbach would be coming to the yard, like I was saying, to photograph that van. Because of the close proximity of Barb and Stephen's residence, anyone at the at Barb's home could see the van and Teresa Halbach coming to photograph the van. Indeed, Bobby Dassey testified that he did see her taking pictures of his mom's car. Um, Taddock also had a direct connection to the crime. Taddock's alibi for the time at which it is believed that Miss Halbach was killed is Bobby Dassey, his now stepson, who is now Taddock's stepson. <laughs> Bobby Dassey and uh, Scott Taddock are mutual alibis in this case. Each states that they saw each other while driving on their way to hunt. So that's what I don't get. So that's another fucked thing, and I don't. I don't, maybe I got to look more into that myself. So he left the hospital. Went to his house. He passed Bobby to go hunting. She said she was home at 5. Didn't she in the phone call? 
She said, I was home at five. He was with me all day. He was home at five. So where did he go for them two hours, pretty much? See, this is all Be- Because he said he was going hunting. So Brandon, you know, was also convicted of this crime. So what if that dude got to him? You know what I mean? He's a piece of fucking shit, man. Um, but still, but here's here's the question, man. I keep asking this. You got to help me shed some light on this, man. How the fuck would he get his blood, though, man? You know what I mean? Because like, there was blood in Steven's trailer. Maybe he was talking about DNA. All he would have had to do was go into Steven's trailer and swab some blood off of the stuff from when he cut his finger and just go and plant it in the RAV4. See, but how would he have known that he... All he, all, all he would have had to do was go and um, sw- uh, swab anything, his pillow, anything, and put DNA anywhere. He just, so he's like, oh, there's blood. Ah, okay, I got you. And um, now here's the thing that they got to fucking... Because he was searching all that shit, too. Well, so, somebody so was. So check this out. So I came up with a theory inside my head as we're proceeding on with this. Okay, so think about this. So if he had, like, if Stephen had cut himself or anything like that in that matter in the time that Teresa was murdered. See, they do, um, what do they call that? Uh, mug shots? And, like, I think they get, like, a full-scale body photo, you know what I mean? Like, they have to document that shit. He had a cut on his finger. Steven did. Was it a finger? Yeah. See, but he works on cars, though, man. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um... Another co-worker of Tadic reported that Tadic had approached him to sell a twenty two rifle that belonged to one of the Dassey boys. Also, the, a twenty two was what was uh, believed to be the murder weapon in this case. Additionally, a co-worker stated that Tadic had left work on the day that Stephen Avery was arrested and that he was a nervous wreck when he left. Further, a co-worker stated that Tadic had commented that one of the Dassey boys had blood on his clothes and that the clothes had gotten mixed up with his laundry. Oh, how convenient, right? Oh, it was... So he pretty much... Right there, he's kind of saying, too, that, oh, you know, blood... This this blood on my clothes happened because of one of the boys. It don't work like that, bub. (laughs) I mean, mean, it could have, but he's pretty much trying to just say, you know... See, if his clothes were doused in blood, it's it's not going to fucking work like that, dude. Like... So I, I believe he took those clothes and burned them anyway. If this, well, it if dries this up pretty damn quick. Yeah. Applying these facts to the three-factor test in what's called the Denny, the court erred in concluding it insufficient to meet the standard for admissibility. Evidence relating to Tadic was uh, relevant Kate, because it tended to prove that Mr. Avery was not the guilty party. In other words, he pretty much dismissed every single piece of all this very important information because... It would not, it all went against Stephen's case, um, you know, so they don't want to bring any of that. They don't want to create any other reasonable doubt. Um, it would, uh, it would have confused the jury and, un- and unduly prolonged the trial. Um, likewise, there was a, there was no risk in the jury would have be, there was, there was no risk that the jury would be misled or confused had Mr. Avery been able to introduce evidence of Scott Taddock's culpability. It was up to the jury, not the court, to decide whether to believe Taddock might have been responsible for the crime. That's just some shit on Taddock. That's what I wanted to dive into. The phone call, which I'm going to find out more records. i got to figure that out. Um, I kind of want to put these up here. Maybe I will uh, um, 
put these up on YouTube. Maybe I'll sit down and edit and, and actually make some videos here. Yeah. See, the cool thing is, is uh, Stevens actually, and this documentary was released, what, two years ago, back in 2015? Or no, three years ago. Was it 2015 it was like or 16? three and a half or something like that. Okay. So. I forget. So, yeah. He's been in there for 13 years. Um, but he's been conducting, like, his own case, basically, and he's trying to get his case reopened. Well, he's got Zellner now. Zell yeah, but he's been, he's been conducting that shit, like, reading law books and everything, man, just studying up. Yep. That's that's pretty much what he's, he was doing. I think doing. he's got something good up his sleeve. Um... I don't know if we're going to be able to swing it. I'm not going to say that we're going to do this, but um, a possibility of an interview on the show is definitely going to be in the works. We got to see how we can even figure that out. But this is a case that we're tackling, and honestly, man, it's a really interesting case that we were tackling. And Fuck, I hope that we can even figure out some things, man, and shed some light and just... Please tell us if we're wrong. But if I'm absolutely correct, number one, because um, I want to break this down into parts. Um, the information about the cell phone, if I'm correct, you had to physically turn the cell phone on, put in the password, so let me know about that. That's a very crucial piece of information. Please, if anybody has anything... Throw it our way. Um, right and, down in and, the comment section. Yeah, let us know. We need to dig into this. And, I'm, and if I'm absolutely correct, the thing that fucks that whole idea up is the fact that, that they say that that cell phone was turned off and thrown in the fire with her because it was. I don't think it was ever recovered, number one. But the fact that back then, for that cell phone to ring, it would have had to have been turned either back on um, because it was going to voicemail, but then there are reports of them trying to call her, and it was ringing. So that's very important as well, because that means that cell phone would have had to be in been turned back on. And if I'm correct, after so many hours of it being off, that they go straight to voicemail. So that's another big piece, and the fact that most people didn't even know all this shit about Tadic to begin with. Um, I'm going to post these... Um, documents from the post-conviction about Tadic, and then we'll go into Charles Avery... Um, and the fact that uh, he may have had a motive, um, he would he had been uh, assaulted his former wife and had an aggressive history with women who came to the actual salvage yard itself, uh, Charles Avery. So we want to talk about that. So who is Charles Avery, his uncle? Correct, another uncle. Um, well, yeah, it is his uncle. It would be Barb's brother, Stephen's... Oh, forgive me. It would, it would be... It would be Stephen's brother. Would it, if it, well, because Barb's his sister, right? Not his uncle, but his brother. Um, Stephen's brother. Forgive me. Um, but we want to get into that. Uh, I'm going to post a link to some of these uh, phone calls down below as well. Um, you guys can listen to them yourself anytime, so you can go directly to it, so you don't have to skim through all this. Uh, and we're going to dig into it some more. Uh, I got some other big key things coming up about it too. Um, it, it more or less questions, and then where we're looking. Um, now that Zellner is saying that Hilligus, so we have um, Stephen Avery's new defense lawyer accusing Hilligus, which was Teresa Hallbach's ex, um, of the murder 
and we'll dive into that some more next time. But if you really like this, we'd appreciate any questions thrown our way about any information. Uh, I'm an IT guy. I can find it. If it's out there, I'll bring phone calls, anything in. Um, any questions that you guys have yourself that maybe we want to dig into, and I'll try my best to get every single piece of evidence and clips um, from the entire court, any testimonies, anything up on the stand. Um, and there's some other information out there about Blaine, too, that we want to throw in there. Um, but we're trying to throw out our little tidbits of and crucial things like like me personally that I come into that I go, well, wait a second. So that's what the cell phone thing was about. Um, anybody has any cell phone? If you guys have any documents of the cell phone records or anything like that, help me out and get them to me. Um, that I Because I didn't know this until a little bit ago when I was kind of just reviewing some things that clicked in my mind um, that I wanted to talk about. But to keep you on the edge... Um, sorry, I got to do this, but that's all the time that I'm going to have for today. My name is Brother D. And I'm Rooster. And we're going to solve this like a motherfucker. Thanks for listening, and this was Bad Table Manners. (laughs) 